do we even have a name for this? What are we calling this? The Ham. Home Alone Minute? Ham? H-A-M? Home Alone Minute? The article V is going to be a thing here as well as like the Home Alones. The band that we're in where we play songs about the movie Home Alone. Because, because is it Home Alone Minute? The Home Alone Minute? Or the Home Alone Minutes? With the Home Alones? Or Good Morning America? I think that one's off the table. Are the Ramones already using that one? Do the Ramones have a song called Good Morning America? Are they Ramones or the Ramones? You know what? I don't know. Because Pixies are just Pixies, but people call them the Pixies all the time. Like... How my granny used to say, I'm going to go to the Walmart. <laughs> or Blockbusters. The one that still gets me is how ubiquitous pennies or JC pennies is. Or people always say Sears when it's really just seer. <laughs> like a shaman. Get it right. You're a seer. <laughs> seer. <laughs> There's a lawnmower and Wrangler pants in your future. No, I think we've decided to watch Home Alone minute by minute and talk about every minute of it. Why have we decided to do this? I think the shorter list would be why not. Because <laughs> it's there. Well, th that is an interesting question. Why? Is the movie Home Alone an enduring classic worthy of close examination? Luckily, we didn't have to make that choice. The Library of Congress made it for us. Is every movie of the Library of Congress worth this kind of uh, inspection? Yes, it's just that my preferences don't align with the others. So I'm willing to do it with this one, but would also gladly accept anyone doing the others. May not listen to them. Nope. Let me be honest with everyone. I will not listen to them. Well, and I think I think you're 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 getting close to an important point is that Home Alone is a pretty important movie for the podcasting generation. And by that I mean white guys in their late thirties to early forties. It's funny that you say that because my wife who all the podcast listeners are familiar with here on episode one. She's not all that much younger than me, but she shows a generational divide in that when we were talking about the scoring of Home Alone earlier, and I said, John Williams. The Oscar-nominated score for Home Alone? Okay. I say John Williams, and she goes, oh, from Harry Potter. Mm, mm. That is 10th on my list of John Williams. <laughs> well, I think we'll get into John Williams a little bit more when we get to at least hearing some John Williams and maybe seeing his name on the opening credits, which is about all we see in the first minute of Home Alone. Right. Do, do you want to go ahead and get into it uh the first minute which in itself almost is a 
meta discussion here of how do we count the minutes because we do have to be careful about this, right? Right. What are I'm watching it on Disney Plus? Of course, I have uh, at least one, if not multiple, copies of Home Alone on DVD. But I'm watching the Disney Plus screening, the file, the streaming file. And I imagine you are uh, sailing the high seas of video content. I I tried to be uh, too legit to quit here. And I did four different legitimate sources, all of which I've paid for, two of which I likely manipulated beyond the license agreement. But I used a DVD copy of Home Alone that I own, a Blu-ray copy of Home Alone that I own, as well as Disney Plus and Hulu. I believe. Disney Plus and Hulu might use quite literally the same file source. I believe I believe since they're owned by the same conglomerate, we're probably looking at the same file source there. Yes. Uh, the Blu-ray and DVD seem to line up with that same source file. So we're actually pretty good. So <laughs> I... I'll assume that when they moved Home Alone over to a streaming uh, service, they were using the same file that's on the DVD, right? They just they just there used the same. A re- there was a remaster. I okay. can't tell you when it was, but maybe with some more research, I can. But I I do know there was a remaster. Okay. So when I looked through this, uh, the first minute of Home Alone gives us the iconic 20th Century Fox logo and fanfare. Which some people would not include in the film, especially if you're talking about like the ratings board, you would actually start it after that. Oh, no, we're including it and we're talking about it. Yeah, and I'm glad we are. I'm Good. just saying. You would I submit that when you're submitting to ratings because you pay per minute. Is that right? There was... Oh, mm, I wish I had the kind of memory to pull up his, his name. But there was, a, there was a gentleman who submitted a, a film about paint drying that I believe was in protest of that very thing. Interesting. Forcing oh, and they, they forced the MPAA to watch all multiple hours of the of the boring movie something like that it was like 10 hours or something that's interesting which would have been prohibitively expensive to get rated gotcha gotcha so my first minute on disney plus goes from the fox logo we get some opening credits and it ends like 60 seconds on the dot we see the title card we see like the home alone logo is that light up for you it doesn't indeed Uh, okay it gets right before spoiler the light comes on oh i think i think the light is already on at 60 seconds for my version maybe i'm maybe i've got it a little bit off oh the look on your face makes me think that i'm off no no need no need to go back to it don't don't worry don't worry don't worry it's all good 
I don't want you to go rewatch it. We're um, in we're in the region. So this Fox logo, I did some research, Jared. This, I think we're looking at the original 20th Century Fox logo. There are a few iterations of this logo that have been updated from time to time. Yeah, this is not the digital one. And I, this is not the digital one, nor is it the one that, that was redone for CinemaScope in the 50s. I think we're looking at the original Fox logo and hearing the f- original fanfare of 20th Century Fox. Do you know the name of the guy who composed the fanfare? That music, that drum roll, and then like the the, the trumpety battle you're about to watch a movie that really so, exciting music that you would hear when the that that told you that the previews were over and you're about to see a movie i'm gonna say bruno mars you know what you're so close what if i told you that he shared the name with an iconic magazine figure and his name is not playboy bunny spider-man oh so very close nintendo I'll- <laughs> Alfred Newman. Alfred Newman composed that music. Did his middle name start with E? I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. But you'll notice that which one's older? I think the com- I think the composer because he 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 was making he recorded it in like the 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 early forties I think or thirties. Like pretty soon, I guess that would have been 30s because it was pretty soon into like sound, sound pictures. And they hired yeah, all these so, composers. And yeah, so this fanfare. So, you, okay, I guess I, I'm just sort of now registering that piece as well because this was the 50s card with the music that would have accompanied it at that time. Well, in the 50s, they made the. Th- the fanfare longer. Yeah. So they redid the logo so it would look good in CinemaScope, but then they also extended the length of the fanfare to include both the 20th Century Fox logo and the CinemaScope logo after it. So that's where we get the stringy thing at the end that's not in Home Alone. Are Lucky you us. Are you <laughs> are you hearing it in your head now? I am. So that came around in the 50s and stuck around for quite a while. In the 60s, they kind of get rid of it. But who makes it popular and brings it back? In, I don't know, 1977, I think. Oh, man. Just a little bit. Another John Williams scored film. And it's, it's precisely why they bring it back because John Williams uses it as part of his score. Like it fades out and then the, the Star Wars theme pops up with some of the same instruments. I think it's even even the same key. You're more of a key guy than I am. It is. So very intentionally sort of bringing that back because it was sort of more of a callback to those, those older kind of adventure films. Which is exactly why when someone says John Williams, Harry Potter. <laughs> I go like one percent of my heart just like leads away, never to be restored. To be fair to your wife, she is from another land. She is that maybe 
maybe admires Harry Potter a little more than Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Home Alone. Superman. Superman. Close Encounters. Close Encounters. Always. So that's no about way. all I got for the for the the Fox. After doing the research and then rewatching this minute, I was I was kind of surprised to only hear the shortened version and see what I think I'm pretty sure is the older logo and the older recording of of the music. I love that. I love that because I believe as we get into this, we will find that music truly elevated this film. I definitely think it's one of the elements of it that makes it a classic, mm. right? There's there's so many variables that go into making any movie, but Home Alone, I think what makes it so magical is that it's got all of these pieces and all of these people are firing on all cylinders, right? Yes. Including the first two names we see in the opening credits. Whose name do we see first? Pop quiz. Hot hot shot. Do I? You're the only one playing. Yes. We'll get okay. guests someday, but for, for today, it's just you. Okay. And I will say, I'm always impressed by your impeccable memory. And I know you've probably recently reviewed this, this minute for the sake of us recording this. But what's the first name that we see in the opening credits here? I believe... The first one is John Hughes. I believe we reference this as a John Hughes production, in fact. That is correct. Um, I think you'll remember that we decided to do this podcast in the presence of both of our wives. And just last night, my wife was was brainstorming all of the all the gits, all the all the big gets we could get for the podcast. Oh, you could get, you could get Buzz. You could get, you could get Macaulay Culkin. Oh, it'd be great if you could get John Hughes. I said, yeah, that, that would be pretty would amazing. Be, that would be a miracle. In that fact. would be pretty, pretty big news. <laughs> pretty big so news. many people. I'll, I'll hazard a guess that this is your favorite John Hughes movie. Yes. Do you have a second favorite? I'll yes. be honest. I'm fine with some other John Hughes movies, but I don't love any of them as much as this one. I'd say my second favorite is Lost in New York. Okay. Do we have a non-Home Alone related John Hughes movie that that you love? Or are we proving my point that... Okay. Actually, I do. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I do. Uncle Buck. Okay. I really like Uncle Buck. So we've got a lot of repetitive variables here. You're like, do you just like John Candy and Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> and John Hughes. That's a that's a trifecta right there. Yeah. And, and I don't know who directed Uncle Buck. It was John Hughes directing as well, right? Oh, I can give it a goog. That sounds right. Yeah, looks like it's John Hughes. Whereas, whereas Home Alone, he brought in an outside director, which I would guess would be the next credit, right? Uh, yeah. 
It's a John Hughes production, but it's a Christopher Columbus film. Or as I always read it, a Chris Columbus joint. (laughs) Do you watch Home Alone on Columbus Day? Do you celebrate the man? How can you not? The fact that his career spans all the way from 1492. (laughs) He's done more for America than that other guy. With Mrs. Doubtfire alone. Uh, Also, pretty famously directed the first two Harry Potter movies. Which I think has something to do with Harry Potter being scored the way it was. You think uh, you think John Williams just sort of like walked in, saw Chris Columbus and goes, yeah, oh yeah, I know what to do. You get a shared language with those folks, right? And then Chris goes, hey, can you do that thing you do? Can you fart out some more gold? <laughs> the Harry Potter score is pretty fantastic. It's not Jurassic Park, but it's 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 pretty dang good. Here's here's the great thing about John Williams. I don't think he phoned it in for those movies, but he could have. I've heard people I've heard people criticize him for like sort of a, you know, going back to the well. So he, I guess he's got like a couple movements. If you if you're, and and we're we're music people, but we're not John Williams music people, you know. Uh, and I guess some people sort of recognize a lot of the, like you know similar movements and stuff, and, and kind of sure. Uh, I've, I've heard the complaints. That. Yeah, I've heard the complaints, and I've picked them <laughs> apart, and they don't hold water. If it's not broke, do not fix it. It's like saying that a, a country music writer is using a one-five-four chord progression again. God forbid. <laughs> oh, another blues riff. So, and his music is the next thing that we hear right after the fanfare. We get that like cloud covered. Is it a full moon? It looks like a pretty full moon to me. It, it looks full. It looks full. And I, I think this is, uh, I, I'd maybe even propose this as a recurring segment the unsung hero segment, where who is the unsung hero in this? minute because a lot of people get a lot of credit for home alone but one person who didn't get a lot of credit until probably several years after this is kyle cooper jared tell me who kyle cooper is kyle cooper designed this title sequence that we are watching what a legend um part of which is the home icon that we have come to associate with home alone you you take the font away that uh that book font I, yeah the, the, I assume the, it's the, century. the seraphy it looks it looks century-esque but it's yeah. whatever book whatever condensed book font it is you take that away that home icon immediately familiar that that blue is I mean, that's that's Home Alone Blue to me. I have said that before. I, I have used that as a barometer for a color. Like, oh, that's like a Home Alone Blue. Yeah, an H-A-B. 
We're not at the logo yet, though. Yes, I, 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 I do agree. Sorry. I do agree. Recurring segment, unsung hero of this minute, Kyle Cooper. You're a legend. What a king. Well, well, well some people uh, who are kind of in graphic design circles know him. So he he has gotten some because he's partially credited with making cool intro credits. Like he's he did all the Spider Man stuff, um, but Seven was the one that kind of got him some notoriety. Okay. He did a lot of. Was uh, he the guy who turned the V into a seven? Was that his idea, or was that is that <laughs> was that Morgan Freeman? <laughs> Go ahead and do Morgan Freeman deciding to make the the V a seven. I know you've got it in you. I'll put that in in post. Okay. <laughs> wait. So wait till wait till uh, to the end of the episode. Richard will do his best, Morgan Freeman. Convincing David Fincher that the V should be a seven. I need to go watch Driving Miss Daisy first because if you do an impression of him in seven, it won't sound right. You've done so many good impressions for me. I'm surprised you didn't have a Morgan Freeman like to pull out of your pocket. Oh, I do, but to have it recorded forever, Mm. (laughs) you got to go drink some tea first. You got to get that ready. That's nerve wracking. (laughs) He might hear this. No, oh, that's that's frightening. Um, but the reason I I bring up Kyle Cooper beyond just being unsung heroes because you mentioned the moon, right? Yeah. This is a title card that could have been done entirely via mat or digital or what have you. But that moon, that is a real moon, or what appears to be a real moon. Oh yeah, it's an RM for sure. <laughs> Which is which is tinted a little bit of HAB. Yeah, it's got an HAB filter on it for sure. But he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to put the moon in there at all. He didn't have to wait till the moon was full. But he did. But he did. And that's and you're right. Unsung he- hero, one of the many, many variables that makes this a perfect movie. And is why I would contend that Home Alone for many other reasons we'll find as we go through this is it is the good luck chuck of a lot of film professionals what ever do you mean we find that due to kind of original budgeting and quality over name hires and things like that a lot of the crew for this film this was their first big film. Not cast, mind you, but crew. Like, And like I say, Kyle Cooper, doing the titles on this, he didn't get a lot of acclaim until he did Seven, which was years later. Same with the director of photography. Same with you know a handful of other folks in, in the crew that uh, don't show up in the credits that we're seeing here, but we'll see them as this progresses. Is Good Luck Chuck famous for breaking a lot of people? No, the story of Good Luck Chuck is that whenever he's in a relationship with a woman, right afterward, she gets married. Oh. But that would imply that Home Alone was some sort of failure. Because the idea of Good Luck Chuck is that, like, 
you date this person and it doesn't work out, it messes up and then you go on to a big hit of love. Which means Heartbreak Hotel would have been the good luck, Chuck. Because that's where everyone was pulled from to come to Home Alone. Hmm. But it was it was recognizing their quality, which is, again, why I say it wasn't just about getting names. It was about getting people that these folks had worked with before and they'd seen their work. And they didn't care that they had done some not so great things before. They were like, I like what this person has to offer and I want them to work on this movie. Interesting. Because, I mean, I think of like, you know, the 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 top the top names in terms of the production uh john hughes chris columbus john williams like those are all pretty heavy hitters by by the time home alone's out right john williams for sure is already a legend john hughes already has quite a few hits under his belt right i'm i'm talking about director photography editor things like that where you have folks that didn't have huge illustrious careers prior to home alone and ended up having great careers after well i think i think anyone who gets to put home alone on their resume is is set for quite a while right yeah so yeah, I, was, I, I was part of the magic yeah so so maybe good luck chuck is is not the best one maybe it's more a, a launching point it's the start of many careers, I guess the, the, yeah, I think, um, uh, Robert wise edited citizen Kane and then he goes on to, to direct the sound of music and star Trek and all, all the, he, he became a, he became a, a studly filmmaker in his own right. So yeah, it's, it's more like citizen Kane than good luck. Chuck home alone is my point. <laughs> In many ways, <laughs> but, but right. I, I meant more the plot of good luck, Chuck, as opposed to the film, because I, I will. Hey, I will, Jared, um, save it for your good luck, Chuck, minute by minute analysis <laughs> podcast, please. So the titles, uh, here, I want to play a game. Don't look at the titles. It sounds like you might have it pulled up somewhere. I I have it just here. Don't uh, to pull watch it. Okay. Okay. This is I want to I want to play. How deep can Jared go? Ooh. So we start with it's a John Hughes production. It's a Chris Columbus film, and then after that we've got one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We've got 11 names above the title. I I will say that there are a couple names in there that I know are there because I didn't believe that they should have been there. And I'll say I'll say more what I mean on that in a bit. So is so Max number one. Right? Oh, you call him Mac. Joe Pesci. Two for two. Daniel Stern. Three for three. They're, they're together. And then I know John Hurd got better billing, so I think he's next. That is correct. He got better bi billing than Catherine O'Hare, but I'm trying to think of who's... There, there are others between them, because they weren't 
right next to each other. <laughs> like they should be as husband and wife. I think about that when I see like titles. Doesn't it always bother you when the movie poster has the like the two big oh. stars names above the title, but they're not lined up with the people? Drives me insane, especially when there's like five people and like four of them are in alignment. Just, just like the, the you've fourth. got Photoshop Studio. <laughs> just put them, just put them in the order that they're contractually obligated to be listed in. Just move them around. Yeah. Put their names above their faces. Okay. Enough stalling. Who's after John Hurd? Oh, uh, the South Bend Shovel Slayer. Uh, I, I'm blanking on his name, but mm. uh, I'll give you a hint. I'll, get, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint on his real name. Whoa. Oh, uh, uh, Robert Blossom. Roberts. 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 Roberts Blossom. He's, 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 he's two Roberts put together. Roberts Blossom. Fun, fun trivia. Can you name two other movies that Robert Blossom and John Williams have collaborated on? Oh, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh he's also in close encounters and he's also in always to steven spielberg joints what was he in always i have no idea <laughs> let's save that one for the goog later let's let's say i did some research for this podcast i didn't re-watch always for this podcast i think that's more than enough commitment. Uh, I don't know. The people deserve better, right? Let's find out. We should establish <laughs> a Gmail. We should. Yes, we'll have that. We'll have that ready. And we'll edit that in. Yeah, we'll have Morgan Freeman say the Gmail. Right? <laughs> um, okay, so who's after Robert's Blossom? Uh, th then it's the, the, uh, the kids. Or at least the two, it's Lenny and Buzz. Ooh. And this is where you've misstepped. Ah. Because they go Roberts Blossom and Catherine O'Hara. They give her the and. Well, that's what I was saying, right? John Hurd and Catherine O'Hara weren't together. They were, they were mixed. I apologize that that was assumed that Catherine O'Hara was next. Oh. Because, you know, I was saying, like, this was the, the whole the movie poster thing. Again, they're not together, but they should have been. And I was like, who's in between them? Fair. Fair. Okay. So, I, I, yeah. So it's I'll, a, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I, I didn't I didn't earn it because I didn't articulate that well. But so we go John Hurd, Roberts Blossom, Catherine O'Hara. There's an there's an old man between them, which <laughs> is a different which is a different movie. Uh and then you're saying Liddy and Buzz are next? Yeah, because they're the two. Because it's it's these weird couplets that you see of like things that do belong together, things that don't belong together. Yeah, they, they, they start pairing them together after that. I do think they put Liddy and Buzz together. Mm -hmm. And then I think the and last set that we get are three names. The last before. set, the last set is pairs that aren't together 
or not a pair. It's uh, the last set is Uncle Frank, but not Aunt Leslie. Correct. And uh, this is this is the name that I sort of foreshadowed before, but I actually don't know his name. Uh, uh, well, I guess we should go back, and I've, we're probably pronouncing them wrong. I am uh, Angela Gothels. Is Lenny right? Right, and then Devin. Devin. Red Ray. Red Ray. Apologies, Devin. Come on the podcast and tell us how to pronounce your last name. Please, Retray. <laughs> um, but yeah, then, DR. Uh, big DR. Uncle, Uncle Frank's next, uh, Jerry Bamman, also might be mispronouncing that. And then you got two more names with Uncle Frank. So I I don't know one of them because I I just knew it wasn't Aunt Leslie, which bothered me. But then there was the other one, which I the reason I remember it being there, but not the actual name. Is I remember it being something that can be a non-recurring segment, which is a segment just for this episode, which is who has the best agent? Because I remember <laughs> uh, it being Sergeant Balzac. Yeah, Larry Hankin. Larry Hankin, uh, who's also uh, most recently we rewatched all the uh, Breaking Bad or uh, Better Call Saul. He was like the junkyard guy. Oh yeah, and I I remember saying like, "Hey, you know who that is?" Because like you see that face and you're just like, "Rose hyper on two. I just remember that like piece of donut falling from his face. He's the best. He's also um Carl in Billy Madison. Oh yeah, he's hanging out with Bradley Whitford. Yeah, I just remember seeing his name and be like, "Wait, what? How did you get that far up?" He's in the movie much less than John Candy. Well, it's it's like a it's like all the union and contract stuff because it's like okay, John Hurd being above Catherine O'Hara is a little strange given like the placement in the film. But she gets the and, which makes her like more special somehow. I don't know if there are like union rules that go into that, but uh, she gets the and. For all the things that I have a decent memory on, there are some things that I have a terrible memory on. And I'm sure that I've read 10 different articles about the differences between and with introducing and all that in credits. <laughs> we'll look into that. Morgan yeah. Freeman is going to come in at the end and explain <laughs> why Catherine O'Hara gets the and, uh, but comes below. Uh, all these other uh, male figures, some with much fewer lines than her. Yeah. But what was Balzac's name again? Uh, Larry Hankin. Larry Hankin. Hankin. All right. There's one more person. Uh, there's Uncle Frank, Officer Balzac. One more. If it's if it's not Leslie, then it has to be one of the kids. Is it Heather? It's Megan. It's Megan. Okay. It's Megan Hillary Wolf, who, with the briefest of Google searchers, uh, showed me that she was on the Olympic judo team. Which do you think is the more lucrative career? I think Home Alone residuals are far more lucrative than the ongoing checks you get from being 
and a couple of Olympic teams. Well, I don't especially think you get any residuals or much money for that, which is a shame. It's it's high time we paid our Olympic judo artist what they deserve. I would be open to having a judo awareness month. A jam. Let's do it. But her residuals are actually your your point stands, especially given her placement here, right? Because if she's this high up in the credits, that would assume that she negotiated up to whatever that is, right? She's above the title. That's wild. In blog speak, that's newspaper speak for above the fold. Yeah, I mean that that's a big deal, right? To I have think your so. name listed yeah. before the name of the movie. Yeah. It it assumes that we're more interested in watching a Hillary Wolf movie than a movie called Home Alone. Like we see Hillary Wolf and we go, ooh, go on. Seven time Judo Academy Award nominated. <laughs> I think she. I think she had uh, two two Olympic appearances. But you don't. You don't get two Olympic appearances without having myriad other. Appearances. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, my my investigations showed me a long list of sort of national awards and uh, uh, all sorts of acclaim in the judo world. Uh, at the Olympic level, uh, a couple of appearances in Atlanta. Ninety six. What's up? Yeah. Izzy. <laughs> How many things in your home still have Izzy on them? Oh, man. You know what? I think there's at least one Izzy in my house somewhere. And I've been out of my parents' house for decades. I'm certain there's a Coca-Cola spoon somewhere that has him on it. <laughs> uh, again, just like Home Alone. Like, we're of a certain... the The podcaster demographic you've got home alone and you've got izzy from the 1996 olympics he would be above the title (laughs) if only i mean if you follow a certain trajectory home alone comes out in 90 home alone 2 comes out in what 92 do they wait two years for that one there's 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 a what if universe that Uwatu the Watcher is checking out right now, where a Macaulay Culkin didn't put his foot down and say, nah, no more of these. And we get to 1996 and they're thinking, you know what, Mac? What would be really cool? We got these Olympics coming up. What if you teamed up with Izzy, the 1996 Atlanta Olympics mascot. See if Barcelona and Atlanta had swapped places and that like national pride that invigorated sense of spirit. Home alone three, four, five. Yeah. Uh lost at the Olympics. Mm. They both have Super Nintendo games. So would this have gone into 64 territory? Uh, in 96? I don't think so. I think uh, I think that's still Super Nintendo. No, but you're saying 3, 4, 5, right? 
that's what I'm saying is like how how far into video games does Home Alone go in this universe? Oh, I think whatever powers stopped the HACU at in New York was probably right. We're probably on the best timeline there where Macaulay Culkin doesn't just keep running these things into the ground. Agreed. I wake up every morning <laughs> with a sense of gratitude that this is the one that we're in. Where Macaulay Culkin only made two Home Alone movies. Yeah, this is it. We've peaked as a species. I agree. Um, and then we get into uh, the unsung hero of this minute. Kyle Cooper, designer of the logo. And that's that's the first minute of Home Alone. And what a minute it was. Um, nay, nay, what a minute it is. Do we do an in memoriam for John Hurd and Robert Plural Blossom? Uh, and John Hughes? I think that goes without saying. Um, Actually, if we don't do anyone for John Hughes, that means we can still get him as a guest, right? That would probably require some pretty weird science. So good. We have a we have a a band called the Home Alone that only play songs about the movie Home Alone, but we haven't really discussed what the theme song for this podcast would be. I'm assuming we'll use one of our tunes in some capacity. But what a what a weird thing it would be to just use the weird science music until Danny Elfman, Elfman politely asks us to stop. Should our theme music be John Williams style orchestral sounds doing I made my family disappear? The the popular song from the band The Home Alones that that which we I, which I realize is a segment we skipped. What's that? Yeah. Our, eth- our ethos? Our credentials. Yeah, we did sort of just start talking and not prove that we deserve to be the ones talking about this in any way. Right. Jared, why would you say that we deserve to be the ones to make a podcast that breaks down the movie Home Alone minute by minute? Do you do you play guitar and sing in a band called the Home Alones that only plays original songs about the movie Home Alone? Yes, I do. But that's not why... We deserve it. I would argue that we don't deserve it. But after 103 minutes, we'll show why we deserve it. It's kind of like when I started teaching. I didn't have a certificate, but but boy, let me prove prove it to you along the way. Let me learn on a few years of kids. Let, let me let me ruin a generation, and then you'll find that I'm actually uh, pretty good at this. Um, has your has your band, the Home Alones, your band and mine, um, one one litmus test to any band's legitimacy is is interstate commerce. Have you have you made money with the Home Alones band in multiple states? Is the IRS asking? <laughs> no. Then yeah. Yeah. In um in my my high school band was called Taste Like Burning. Hold for applause. But often on See, this is the home alone generation. <laughs> often uh every every now and then we would get a message either like on AOL 
or MySpace or something from a different band called Taste Like Burning. And they would be trying to convince us that they had a right to the name that we did not. And they would claim they used it first. And one band got very serious and said that they had a legal right to the name Taste Like Burning, a Simpsons reference. I was about to say, you're arguing over something that none of you have ever to? <laughs> exactly. None of us created uh, because they had played a show in a different state. So that, that, that makes it federal law or something that <laughs> they had, uh, they had the, the rights to the name. And I, I think we would always write back like, Hey, we'll never cross paths. Good luck. We're brothers, great minds, dot, dot, dot. See, this is where I would have just responded to them with franchise information. <laughs> Might be interested in our gold package that grants you the rights to the name taste like burning in the Northeast region of these United States. Here's what I'm willing to offer for that size territory. <laughs> yeah, that's they're playing a little fast and loose with the old trademark thing, but you're right. Interstate commerce is what does that. And, and the home alones have indeed participated in interstate commerce, both in live events as well as recorded music. Don't forget a handful of t-shirts. Well, that's the business we're all in, right? It's not the music business. We're all in the t-shirt business for sure. So uh, be sure to get your Home Alone Minute t-shirts. <laughs> available everywhere shirts are sold. I love those bold statements. I can't get enough of the people of like everywhere something something is sold. It's just so bold. Uh, I, I love I like the implication that like, you know. If if they're not carrying your t-shirts, they're not a fine establishment. So it now becomes a test of the places that you shop. What are you, some sort of hick? Your grocery store doesn't have this? Available at all fine Al's Toy Bon outlets. <laughs> I do like the idea of a of a home alone blue shirt, a half shirt, and and just all all capital uh century serif font that just says ham mm. and that's that's supposed to mean something to people they're gonna drop 30 dollars on that shirt and be like ham yeah the home alone minute presented by the home alones Ooh, presented by that's another thing in the credits this is a this is a home alones production not a the home alones production a the home alones production yeah i like this shirt should we open source the shirt so I just put up a vector image of what that ham should be at size. And you use whatever uh, cricket or uh, screen printing technology you have uh, available to you to make your own. Yep. For the people's podcast. Yep. I like because it. What, because what we don't want to happen is the t-shirt lobbying to happen where someone comes in and they buy hundreds of thousands of shirts. And then they try to influence our message over the course of this podcast. I can't be bought. I'm doing this for my love of the movie Home Alone. I'm doing it for the chicks. Can you say that now? I feel like that's not PC. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to say I'm doing this to have sex with ladies. <laughs> How many more minutes of this movie do we have now? 102. 102. 
So we have 102 slots to fill. That's what she said. I okay. You beat me to it. Um, and who who wants in? Who who's ready to uh get the word out on their uh projects that has something to say about a specific minute of the movie Home Alone? Yeah, that's an interesting marketing challenge. Because like if you want to do co-promotion and you have something to hawk, how can you make it tie in with a specific minute? Home Alone. Like, imagine you're a local uh, sports memorabilia collectibles shop. Trying I'm closing, to I'm closing my eyes. I'm, pic- I'm picturing it. I'm you drowning in autographed jerseys. Right. Commemorative footballs. Your favorite minute might be the BB gun scene where the laundry chute is lined with collectible figurines. Yeah. Which you have available among many other fine collectibles. <laughs> On your eBay store. And that's why that episode is brought to you by Joe's Collectibles. Visit seven Joe's v. Collectibles at ebay.com slash eBay. 7V capital M R four pound Q. You. That's also done in Morgan Freeman's voice. <laughs> Is Daisy? Morgan Freeman could have been Marley. Mm. He couldn't have been Jimmy. <laughs> Stop that boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bathroom boss. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut to his internal monologue about Andy Dufresne. First time I saw him. See, it's golden already. A V kind of looks like a seven if you turn your head the right way. No, no, you're right, boss. I'll leave it to Kyle Cooper. The man sure seems to know what he's doing.